good morning, happy Sunday, or whatever day you will listen to this, I pray it finds you well, peaceful, and graced. I am your host of State the Obvious, Pastor Avi Lynn Grace, JL. Before we get started, let's start with a word of prayer. Awesome light of the universe, wondrous creator, redeemer, and sustainer. We thank you for this day. We thank you for being awesome to us. We thank you for another week. We thank you for another chance to get it right. We thank you for grace for even when we don't get it quite right, when we don't quite measure up, we thank you for mercy. We thank you for peace. We thank you for love and we thank you for the assuredness of love. It all good things come from you. Holy Spirit, be in this word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. You be the connector. Help the words flow freely. Let there not be a distraction. Let it all work out in that name that is above all names. The blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Again, welcome to Sunday Sessions. This is a chance where we get to... It's different from Pride Post. Pride Post, we are doing Pride um, Post every day for the month of June to celebrate and commemorate Pride Month. But Pride Post is like a mini, mini sermonette or it's a mini interview or it's a mini reflection. Typically under 10 minutes. Sometimes I'll be on a rant or a roll or something and I might go to 11. No more than 15, rarely 15. It's typically like two to five five minute long podcast episodes. Just something to make you think and just refresh your day. But Sunday sessions are where the pastoral really come out. They really come out for me. And you really get to see the grace part of Avi Grace. I love both works, but Sunday sessions will always have a special, special place in my heart. With that being said, there is a word for today. And because it is Pride Month, when I am recording this, I thought, what better than to have queer-centric words, messages, and, of course, words from God. And I want to just start, I'm probably going to finish this word next week, but I want to just start it this week. And of course, we're going to the queerest story, I think, of them all, and that is the story of Jonathan and David. There is so much controversy over Jonathan and David. The conservative church and some of the liberated church believe that it was just a friendship, that it was platonic, it wasn't romantic. And I thought that for a long time. And then I went back and I read it. Without looking for romance, I found romance. Without looking for queerness, I found queerness. And I just want to just start by saying, come into this with an open mind. And if you know the story of David, you know that David was anointed by Samuel to be the king. While Saul was still king. That was a dangerous thing for Samuel to do, but God said it was time, so you don't fight God. Trust me. 
If you don't know that, spoiler alert, let me help you. You do not fight with God. It does not work. Never, ever will you win fighting with God. Amen, somebody. So he did and he tried to anoint all seven of David's brothers and the oil would not flow. Samuel quickly realized that God does not look at the same things humans look at. God does not look at the outward appearances. How about this? God does not look at gender. Ooh, how about this? God does not look at ability or disability. How about this? God does not look at race, culture, or ethnicity. How about this? God does not look at queerness or non-queerness or political preference or sexual orientation or socioeconomic status. Or how about this? God doesn't look at religion. Oh, I'm about to get in trouble, but I need to say that. God looks at the makings of the heart. And even David's dad, when Samuel said, is there another? He finally said yes. And he said, well, there's a runt. And he's the shepherd. Uh, shepherding was not a glamorous job. Shepherding was taking care of nasty, smelly sheep. People didn't want to be around you too much when you were a shepherd. Especially back in those days when they didn't have showers. They didn't have access to plumbing. They didn't have access to running water. They didn't take showers every day. That You were thought of to be mad if you took a shower every day. So take that and add in the wilderness. And take that and add in smelly sheep. And you got a recipe for some stank. Can I be honest with you? But David was a committed shepherd. David, when David was given an assignment, when David had a task, it was life till death. He didn't just shepherd the sheep and stay there and babysit them. When a lion and a bear came to get the sheep and came and got the sheep, he didn't just say buy sheep, but he actually went and he got the sheep from the lion. He got the sheep from the bear. He got the sheep. And then if the lion or the bear attacked him, he would grab it by its neck. He would basically break its neck and kill the lion or the bear because he wasn't afraid because he knew that God was with him. That's when we come. That was the resume that he used when Saul, the king, said, you're too young to face Goliath. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. You're too young. You're not experienced enough. He went back on his experience. But I am experienced. Hallelujah. But I did this and I did that. And the same God that got me through that will get me through this. I know this isn't a directly a part of the text or directly a part of the message, but some of us need to go back. And look at what God has done for us before. Some of us need, we're facing some Goliaths, we're facing some giants. We can't even get in the room to the business meeting because people don't think we're qualified. We need to update our resume. Hallelujah. I'm telling you to update your LinkedIn. I'm telling you to update your Indeed, update your glass ceiling or whatever it's called. Update your resume. And remember what God brought you through before. And remember how you didn't know where you were going to get food, but you got food. How you were going to overcome cancer, but you overcame cancer. 
You have overcome cancer. How you didn't know how you were going to live in a world that was full of COVID, but you lived in a world that was full of COVID. You didn't know how you were going to transition. Oh, but sis, oh, bruh, you transitioned. You didn't know how you were going to lose the weight, gain the weight, have the baby, but you lost the weight or you gained the weight and you had the baby when the doctor said you couldn't, when the lawyer said you wouldn't, when the legal system, when, when, when the legal system said it wouldn't happen but it happened some of us need to go back and re reimagine our resume it, the same God that delivered me from the teeth of the lion and from the claw of the bear is the same God who will deliver me from this Philistine. Whatever I'm going through now, the same God from back then is the same God that is working it out. Now I feel the Holy Ghost fire. The same God that did it before is the same God that is doing it now. I'm getting, I need to move on from this. But update your resume. Hi, Update your resume. Remember, take a look back. Oh, there's a song that says, remind me, show me where you brought me from and where I could have been. And remember, Lord, I'm human and humans forget. So remind me, remind me, dear Lord. Sometimes we need a good reminding. Sometimes we need to tell the situations. <laughs> I know you think you've won. I know you think I'm not an overcomer. I know you think I can't do this. But let me go ahead and tell you who I really am. Let me reintroduce myself to you. You might not know me, but I just overcame COVID. You might not know me, but I already overcame a crack addiction. You might not know me, but I already healed from the divorce the first time. You might not know me, but I already lost my mind and found it again. You might not know me, but I've already overcome bankruptcy, homelessness. You might not know me, but I've already overcome AIDS epidemics and diagnosis. You might not know me, but I've already come. I've already overcome several suicide attempts. So don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't be. Don't tell me what I can't have. Don't tell me what I can't drive. Because the same God. Oh, I feel the presence of God. The same God that did it before is the same God that is working it out now. The same God. Ha. Huh. And I love about David is that when God finally brought David to the time when David would be elevated and when David would face the largest stage of his life, the greatest battle of his life, the battle that would follow him into his own kinghood, the battle that would follow him into his children and his grandchildren, into the lineage of Jesus, the battle that would define him as a man after God's own heart, after a true warrior, the battle that would mark him and name him. When he went to fight his battle, he didn't for Forget his sheep. Oh, I love that. Oh, can I talk about that? The Bible says that when Jesse told David to take this food to his older brothers and to check on him and to check on them and to check on the king, the Bible says that David was up early in the morning and he arranged someone to watch over his sheep. He put an interim pastor, if you will. He put a substitute teacher, if you will. Because he cared that much about the sheep. 
I'm here to tell you that some of us pastors, oh, I'm going to talk about something. Some of us pastors, I dare you not to forget where you come from. When God gives you a bigger stage, the reason God gave David the bigger battle, the bigger stage is because he had been faithful over the few sheep as his brother taunted him with. (laughs) Don't sheep shame me, bro. Don't sheep shame me. I know I have a few sheep in the desert, but those few sheep are my ticket to be a warrior who kills by the tens of thousands. Come on, somebody. I know I have just a few followers. I, I know I just have a few listeners, but these few listeners are my ticket. So when I get to mega fit, higher available shape, when I get to my cruise line, when I get to the bestsellers list, when I get to number one on Apple Podcasts, when I get to number one, when I, I have to remember these episodes and I have to walk like I'm talking to the millions, even when I'm talking to myself, I have to walk like I'm, I have to walk like I'm influential influential, even influential, even when I'm only influencing myself. David said, I think myself happy. I encourage myself when everyone gets down on me. I encourage myself. He was okay with a few sheep in the desert. The Bible says that he never went back to those sheep. It never says that he went back to that sheep. As a matter of fact, after that, after that, the king invited him in first as a musician because he was a excellent. The Bible says he was an excellent musician. He was a harpist. He was an excellent soother upon the harp. And the Bible says that God sent a terrorizing spirit upon Saul. And then after he sent a terrorizing spirit upon Saul, Saul's people said, let us bring you a harp. And someone just happened to know David. Ain't that how God works? God will work it out. God will orchestrate it so your enemies need you. God will work it out that so that the people who are trying to ultimately kill you, the people who ultimately realize you're about to take their place, God will cause them to need you and cause them to call you. Why are you calling everybody? I decided this year I'm not calling anybody. There are people who are still waiting for me to chase them and they don't even understand, honey. We're not on the same field. Hallelujah. We're not on the same track. I'm not chasing you. I'm not calling you 20 times. I'm not going to your house. I'm not begging you to like me. I'm not begging you to follow me. I'm not begging you to friend me. It's probably better that you don't friend me. It's probably better that we don't spend all this time on the phone. It's probably better that we don't be doing this because we're just going in a wilderness. The same old shit. The same I said what I said. The same old stuff over and over. The same old bullshit over and over and over and over again. Oh, you ain't had no pastor like this. Let me tell you the same old, I'm tired of going through the same old stupid, hideous, ignorant things. I'm tired of going through the same old S-H-I-T. I want to get to the blessing. And can I tell you something? Abraham had to let go of Lot. In order to get to where he had to be to, he and Lot had to separate. 
Oh, I'm getting off course. There are some people who are thinking, oh, I have to call you. Oh, my God. Well, I have to I have to be your Facebook friend. I have to call you. Let them go, honey. Well, they keep calling me. Let them call you. You can talk for a few seconds and then say, God bless. Hallelujah. That's it. I don't need to talk to you like six hours a day. I don't need to talk to you every day. Well, why didn't you tell me all, all about your life? I don't need to tell you all about my life. Hallelujah. I don't need to tell you this. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to tell because you're really not for me. But that's a different story. Come on now. That brings me to that. That brings me to beware of the people who try to sheep shame you. Oh, you know about the sheep shame. You only have three listeners. Oh, the sheep shamers. Oh, you. Oh, I have 10,000 followers. Oh, you only have 600 followers. Sheep shamers. Oh, my God. I thought you had a thousand dollars. What happened to your stimulus? Oh, sheep shame. Oh, you're driving a Camry from 2000 when? A sheep shame. Oh, come on. Oh, oh, my God. Your weave ain't Remy. Oh, your weave ain't Malaysian. Sheep shame you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, when are you getting your nails done? You know, sheep shamers. When mind your business and go take care of those few sheep in the desert. That's what Eliab, the oldest son, the one that God looked over, the one that God rejected, the one that God refused to anoint king. That's what he said of David. Come on, somebody. Because some of the ones closest to you ain't close to you. Come on. I said I'm preaching good. On this podcast, it I'm preaching good. I I'm gonna get in trouble, but I'm preaching. I don't even care. Sue me. It's okay. Write me. I'm not gonna read it. Hallelujah. It's okay. There are some people, places, and things. Some people know where you're going, and they try to be a and and they try to be a distraction because they know where you're going. Some people have no clue. And they don't know who you are. But this was one man, Eliab, his older brother, who knew who he was because he was there when God anointed David. Because he was the first one to be overlooked. I'm going to leave that right there. I, I promise you I am. But God put David, God set up David so well that David was blessed and favored in everything he do. Everything that Saul called and commanded David to do, David excelled at. That reminds me of Joseph. We're going to get into Joseph later on this year, but everything that David was called to do, David excelled at because God was with him. God was with him so much that Saul began to realize that God had left him and was on David. Oh, I can tell you, I I know a few pastors who are Saul. I said, I know a few preachers who are Saul. I said, I know a few people who are Saul. Come on now. Who will who will literally try to kill you to keep the appearance of the anointing. He would never be anointed as king again, even if he could have destroyed David, ran David off, even if he could have stopped David 
from living and accepting the throne. David, and if, even if Saul could have stayed on the throne, he was staying in the appearances. He had the form of godliness, but he lacked the power thereof. He denied the power thereof. He didn't have the approval of God. He didn't have the authority that came by the Holy Spirit. He was not filled with the Spirit of God anymore. He was not graced of the sovereign anymore. He had the position, but he didn't have the power. Come on, somebody. He had ascended to the throne, but he didn't have the anointing of the throne. Come on, somebody. And can I tell you, a position without power is just a title. A position without the power is just a title. You ain't got nothing but a title, boo. It's okay. God bless you. God loves God loves you still. But all you working with is just a title. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You don't have power to do anything. It's okay. It's okay. You need to go back to God. You you need to go back and listen for God yourself because some of us are staying in positions longer than we have the power to stay. Some of us are staying trying to do church as usual, trying to do church as normal, and we don't have power to do church as normal because he said, I will give you power to be my witnesses. What did Isaiah prophesy? Isaiah said that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Some of us have, we don't have the spirit of love upon us anymore. Some of us lost the spirit of love and we're just still trying to preach. But what we say isn't established. He said, God said, you will speak a thing and it shall be established for you. Some of us are speaking and yelling and preaching and spraying and spitting and nothing's happening. Because we don't realize that the Spirit of God has lifted has lifted up off of ourselves. Why? Why was King Saul rejected over King David? Because King David was an authentic worshiper. Because King David, he was a man after God's own heart. Not because he was born special or born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but because King David continued to make her boast in the Lord. Yes, he was a boastful one, but he continued to make his souls boast in the Lord. Oh, I love that. We lose God's spirit when ministry starts being about us. We lose God's power when ministry, when anointing starts being about us, when we want the when when we want to flick our hand and people fall out like they do with Benny Hinn. When we want to be able to sell prayer cloths, not because we want powerful breakthroughs, but because we want to be like Juanita who. We want to be or how about this? We want to be on the front of protests, not because we want to march like Martin, not because we want to be effective like Martin, not because we believe in the dream like Martin, not because we, we believe in equality like Martin or Malcolm, but because it is politically correct. It is socially conscious. It's quote unquote woke now. And we can take good Instagram photo. Yes, we turn our Facebook black for one day because it's a good thing. We can put it on our, our social resume. Oh, I am not 
racist. I'm anti-racist. And we can do all these things not really knowing what it takes to really dismantle a system of racism. We lose God's power when we stop doing things for the pure heart. Give me clean hands and a pure heart when we have dirtied up our hands by adding to our own pockets. When we have dirtied up our hands by doing things for our own self and our own vainglory instead of trying to help others. How do we lose God's anointing? He has anointed me to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring, to preach the day of deliverance and liberation. One, how do we lose God's anointing? How do we lose God's approval? How do we lose God's glory when it becomes about us and not him? When we stop needing to repent, when we stop needing to say, I'm sorry, to admit that we have not done everything right. Yes, it's Pride Month. No, I don't think being queer is is a sin. But I do believe that there are some self-inflicted nonsenses. I do believe that there are some courses that we get on that sometimes we just need to make a good U-turn. There are some roads that we on that don't have an outlet and we just need to turn the freak around. Turn it around. When did ministry started start being about mine? This is my ministry. This is my ministry. It's God's ministry. This is my church. I know your building, I know your name has to be on the building because of the legal ramifications of the bank. Somebody has to own it. But when did this organization become about you? When did people start having to praise you? When did this become about sweet, precious who and not about God? When did it come on? I, well, I'm about to get in trouble. When did this become about anything other than I was hungry and you gave me something to eat? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. There's a lot of King Saul's. There's a lot of David's. And David was not a perfect man, but he was a repenting man. When he messed up with God, he got it right. He got it right with him. And he repented until he knew it was right. And I know I said we're talking about the forbidden love of David and Jonathan. And we're going to talk about it. I promise you it's four weeks in the month of Jan- of June. We're going to get there. I promise you. We're about a chapter away from it. But before we could get there, I had to go back and do all this. Because before we could talk about the triumph of David and Goliath, we have to talk about the backstory, how nobody really believed that young man could kill that 10 foot mammoth. No one believed that that man who 
shrugged off all of the armor that was put on him and only took a few smooth stones from a brook could actually with the help of God slay the Bible says that he was killed not by cutting his head off but he was killed by the smooth stone he was hit in the soft part of his temple and it lodged there it killed him he died some trust in chariots, some in horses. We need to talk about how with God of the angel armies is on our defense. When God is on our side, when God is with us and in on this with us, that we can do nothing but succeed. Everything we do with God succeeds, even if it looks like a failure. Even if no one claps, even if no one sees it, even after he did it, everyone clapped. Even the, the Bible says that even Saul was on his feet cheering. But before, no one believed he could do it. The Bible never talks about Eliab or Abinadab or Shammah, his older brothers coming and telling how he was a hero. They never talk about how they came and apologized for not believing. They never talked about how he was her how how he was their brother. He never says anything about it. People like to get to the shout part, but they don't like to go to the part where you have to pray through it first. People love to talk about Harriet Tubman delivering all these slaves, but they don't talk about the times that she's had to sleep in the woods, the times that she almost got kidnapped, got raped, the times she almost got murdered, the times she almost had to break people down just to get them free. Everyone wants to talk about the results, but no one wants to talk about the test. And it's time this pride season to talk about it. Yes, it's beautiful to be in our stars and our spangles and our banners. It's beautiful to have all of our flags. It's beautiful to have all of our parades. It's beautiful to have all of our born this way, born this way, born this way on all these communities. But what about the work of saving black trans women? What about dismantling homophobia within the homophobia, within the LGBT, or dismantling transphobia, or homo privilege within the LGBT? How about dismantling passing privilege? How about dismantling racism in the queer community? How about dismantling body shaming, budget shaming? status shaming how about dismantling all of that there is still work to do pride is still a protest i have no idea what i'm gonna call this god's gonna bring all that but thank you for listening whenever you listen to this i hope you got something out of it may you be blessed may you live in peace grace and love and may you always 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 state your obvious.